Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. I think a lot of my love of horror comes from the chase. No, not the physical act of being chased by a killer or a monster, but of chasing that next film with a memorable shock or scare. Over the years, we've seen plenty of films that have earned their scares, but we've also seen countless that try far too hard to be shocking while not delivering on their other aspects. Any film that's foundation is solely to push the envelope of what you can show on screen ultimately feels pretty disingenuous. You didn't set out to make a film, rather you were looking for attention. You know the types of films I'm talking about. And to Shudder's The Queen of Black Magic's credit, the film understands this in earning its envelope pushing scares by intertwining them into a dark family drama. Written by Joko Anwar and directed by Kimo Stamble, The Queen of Black Magic, which premieres on Shudder on January 28th, leaves nothing on the table in terms of fraying audience nerves and turning stomachs with its mean-spirited and extreme bodily harm. This remake of the 1981 Indonesian horror film of the same name is a classic instance of sins of the past catching up to the sinners in their present. And this particular atonement is going to be one hell of a bloody reunion. The Queen of Black Magic begins with three men's families converging on the orphanage where the men grew up. They arrive to pay their respects to their ailing caretaker who raised them, but soon after arriving, their collective pasts that haunt them catch up with them. As secrets are uncovered, all the family members fall prey to black magic threatening to make this family reunion everyone's last. If there's one thing you can't call the Queen of Black Magic, it's derivative. The ways in which Anwar and Stambul bring this grotesque vision of revenge to life is as sickening as it is wholly original. The creative ways in which the mysterious force within the orphanage enacts revenge leaves nothing on the table in terms of the torment that is doled out to the family in its blend of body and bug horror. While the initial 30 minutes are a tad slow in getting to where the film's narrative is clearly heading, the remainder of the film is spent ratcheting up each act of violence, each one more increasingly depraved than the last. In an early scene, the orphanage bus that was supposed to have arrived back from a field trip hours ago is found abandoned in a field. But upon inspecting it, we see that all the orphans have been killed, their eyes gouged out, as centipedes crawl from their sockets. And just in case you were worried, there's plenty more centipede cameos coming. This moment is shocking as this is the film's first big scare which shows the creative duos are wholly unconcerned with scaring off less hardcore horror fans. Which I have to admire. Their commitment to pushing the envelope, not dead orphans. That'd be kinda weird. And this is a pivotal moment in the film because often films that just set out to be shocking often put all their eggs into their first big scares basket and are rarely able to outdo it during the course of the rest of the film. But for the Queen of Black Magic, a bus full of dead kids is just a disturbing warm-up. It serves a purpose in addition to being shocking, as it allows us to realize that no character is off-limits. Hell, if kids are fair game, everyone is, and that makes its narrative far more unnerving than it should be. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform, or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. Mostly because the film's plot beats don't necessarily stray far from the beaten path of uncovering a dark past narrative, but this heightened tension is clearly a strength of its scares. Anwar and Stambul smartly begin to target specific characters with their penchant for unrelenting brutality, lending psychological aspects to scares occurring in the back half of the film. For instance, Lena suffers from body dysmorphia, so naturally the Queen of Black Magic uses her influence to make Lena begin to carve pieces off of herself with a fruit knife. 
Meanwhile, Eva, a hypochondriac, has centipedes crawl down her throat and writhe incessantly underneath her skin, which she rips to pieces in an attempt to free them. Anyone with a fear of centipedes may not make it that far into the Queen of Black Magic. These are not only two extremely disturbing body horror moments, but speak to how the scares evolve the deeper we delve into uncovering the secrets of the orphanage. I highlight the film's frankly phenomenal scares and intense skin-crawling body horror moments because it overshadows the film's familiar narrative and characters. The nefarious past of the orphanage isn't all that far removed from what you might expect, and the clues early on aren't exactly the most well-hidden. Predictable, but serviceable in terms of allowing the scares to shine. The same can also be said for its large cast, as no one performance in particular stood out to me, but then again, no one was an outlier either. They're serviceable as lambs for the Black Queen's torment, but ultimately, not leaving a very strong impression. I also strangely struggled with the cast size being so large for a haunting film, as it makes it difficult to develop equally strong characters, but, at the same time, presents a wider pool of potential Black Queen victims. I would much rather prefer a perfectly serviceable narrative and cast who don't make or break the film over the alternative, so, so as long as they are in service of pursuing the stronger elements of the film, I'm okay with it. But what ultimately elevates the Queen of Black Magic from a simple string of scares is the ever-looming sense of dread and death that lingers throughout the halls of the orphanage. Cinematographer Patrick Toshtian frames the orphanage as a cemetery of repressed memories, the anger of a long-forgotten act still lingering. This allows the atmosphere to unsettle long before a scare occurs which largely elevates the entire film from start to finish. These are the elements that make the Queen of Black Magic another Shudder original standout. Praise is often lauded at films for being bold and pushing the envelope in terms of the horror they bring to life, but how often are these genuinely earned? The Queen of Black Magic, however, earns these scares with a level of depraved creativity that it will surely make even the most hardcore horror fans feel uncomfortable in their own skin, thanks to its disturbingly striking imagery. So, if you're in need of a new body horror nightmare, check out The Queen of Black Magic when it comes to Shudder on January 28th. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys tomorrow with another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service, and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit, and on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.